You're listening to Every Last Drop Podcast. Join me, Danny, Nick, and sometimes Luke as we explore the relationship between philosophy and art. If you enjoyed today's show and want to contribute to what we're doing, visit everylastdroppodcast.com slash contribute. We greatly appreciate your support. Enjoy the show. guys we've got a good episode in store for you this time around we sure do so we brought in another heavy hitter for you <laughs> uh this this week's guest is our friend jeremy sharing he is a musician he's a producer uh he plays in a band called the war on peace um by now you're probably familiar with the war on peace because mm-hmm. we've had two people from that band on the show uh they're friends of mine so and they make great art so why not bring them in yeah so that's my take on it so jeremy like i said he's a producer Uh, he's been doing music for a long time he's got some unique insights to share on what it means to be a producer and what it means to take a song from something that's kind of just in the early stages and it's kind of just raw and bare bones and to take it from that stage and bring it all the way to the finish line mm. into a finished polished product. Uh, Cause it takes a lot of work to do that. And he's someone that really knows what he's talking about when it comes to that kind of thing. All you need to do is just look up the war on peace on Spotify or Google or whatever, and like listen to their songs and you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Something I always um, thought was really neat about, about Jeremy is that <laughs> A lot of times when you, it's one thing to be able to write something, but to be able to produce it and master it and mix it, those are whole, those are, that's a group of a bunch of different skills. It's a different skill set. And the fact that he, ha- that he holds all of these skills, I think is yeah. really impressive. Mm-hmm. And by so, the way, sometimes by his own admission, he doesn't even play a part on the song. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. And, but that doesn't mean he's not involved. In fact, he's involved in a big time way. Big, big way. Yeah. Uh, so, and by the way, as, as a person, Jeremy's a really great down to earth guy. He's, he's, a uh, personality wise, he's a little bit more subdued, a little bit more, uh, relaxed and what's the word I'm looking for. He's, he's approachable. He's laid back. Mm, uh, easy he's, going. he's a little, he's easy going. He's yeah. a little bit soft spoken. He's, uh, he's not going to be the loudest guy in the room, um, which I prefer. I yeah, like me that. too. Me too. Um, cause I think when you get those type of people and you really sit them down, the thoughts that they do have to share are really interesting mm-hmm. because those people are usually introverts and they're thinkers, they're thinkers and he's one of them. So yeah, we really appreciated having Jeremy on the show. I think you guys are really going to like this one. You're going to get a lot out of it. We play some cool tunes and all kinds of other stuff. So going to get a hands on of you know what this stuff is there you go there you have it so all right enjoy the interview jeremy sharing do you want to keep up with all of the cool stuff that's happening on every last drop 
head on over to everylastdroppodcast.com to find out about everything we do, from a feed of our most current episodes, blog posts, ways you can get in touch with us, and an opportunity to join our email list so you can get up-to-date information about our latest releases. Haven't signed up yet? What are you waiting for? Go! All right, so another edition of Every Last Drop. I'm joined here in studio by my co-host, Nick Schrader. Nick? Hey, guys. I'm Danny. Joining us today is a good friend of ours, Jeremy Sharing. Jeremy, how's it going? Welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming, man. Really appreciate it. So, uh, mm -hmm. you have one more guy usually, right? Usually we have Luke, but uh, he's a he's a busy guy. He is a double major college student with fifteen credits this semester Mm -hmm. and two part time jobs. That's a lot. Yeah, where's he going to school at? He's at uh right here at VU Valparaiso, same place I went. Biology, chemistry, double major. Yeah, yeah. And what are you as long as we're you know, just rolling here. What are you doing right now? I'm actually working, uh, doing photography, and I have an online uh, bull whip making company. I make Indiana Jones whips for cattle ranchers. It's Cust- true. Custom. Yeah. Nick's, Nick's whip shop. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's a real thing. Okay. Yeah. He works for himself. Yeah. That's awesome. And then uh, I work for... Entrepreneur. Yeah, I work for... Um, hey, back up a little bit so I can look at both of you. Okay. like twisting all around. To the side. Sounds good. Sounds good. So I'm, uh, I'm working for my family business, right. pretty much. So... Um, my time is spent, it's kind of broken up into two halves. One half, I go out on the road and I do shows and exhibitions, um, selling jewelry. And then the other half, I work from home online. So I'm trying to get a website started and social media presence and an Etsy store, eBay, all that co- stuff. For your family's company. Exactly. Right. So we just don't really have any online business happening. So I'm. Yeah. it's basically my department to get that yeah. started. So that's what I do. Cool. Yeah. So... It's working out good. Nice. So basically, uh, the gist of what we want to talk to you about today is just uh, your life as an artist, who you are as an artist, and why you do what we do. That's pretty much it. Cool. So uh, just for starters, uh, chronologically, let's let's walk it back to the beginning here. How did you get started in music? What was your start? Um, my mom had a little, well, she always told me when I was, younger she was like i was always shocked that we were like two years old you could like carry a tune like an actual melody you know like she remembers me like singing when i was a little kid she was always impressed out of all her two years old already. it was like she was like you could you could hear a melody and sing it like at a very young age and hmm. i've probably gotten worse over time <laughs> with it, but um so whatever she she thought i was fairly musical even from a young age and uh she made me play piano when I was young, and I hated it. And sight reading, reading notes, it was it was awful. It was painful for me to. It was forced. Um, more or less forced. Um, eventually, she quit making me. Yeah. And I always liked playing and messing around with music, but I just uh, sight reading. I mean, I can tell you the notes on a staff, but for playing piano and trying to, at the same time, it was like my brain didn't want any part of it mm, right and uh i would practice a lot but it just uh, was not easy um and then i kind of got out of it and then uh she had a she had an old acoustic guitar and she taught me a couple chords and i was like oh hmm. and i didn't hate it but it was still it, it was really at least more me. interesting than, than the piano yeah. was yeah and so this is like and honestly i would say 
and this is one of the main things that that got me into music. I and probably what changed the course of my life for the most part is we had a. I don't really, I don't really care. I'll just go into this. And I'm not going to filter anything, but um, feel free to yeah just be I, you right. We had a. I went to a private Christian school when I was. Um, we moved around a lot, but it was eighth grade. It was freshman year of high school, and I was going to a private Christian school. Um, and they had a like a youth led like worship band. The first time I'd ever been exposed to like contemporary style worship music. You know, we're doing like "Shout right. to the Lord" and "Lord, I Lift Your Name on High" and stuff like mm, that. It was like, a big deal at that time. That yeah. was, I mean, that was you know spectacular. G, C, and D on the guitar is pretty impressive when you come from a church that just does hymns and organs. You know, right? Um, big step, <laughs> right? So. I, Kudos to that school for allowing a a youth led worship band and doing contemporary style worship. Like we would have like a chapel and we'd do like twenty minutes, thirty minutes once a week of worship. And it was the first time I'd ever been exposed to that. And I would arguably say one of the first times I was ever exposed to the to the Holy Spirit, you know, mm-hmm. like actually moving and being encouraged to move like in a room, you know, and especially with high school kids, it was yeah. a wild experience. So yeah. I had I, I remember specific times where I was I was very affected by it by worship music by corporate worship music and by mm-hmm. by God you know yeah um, absolutely undeniable stuff yeah. and that and that that flipped something in me that changed something in me um, and I think and then I got a job at a water park <laughs> making like four. It, it was not Make good money, bank. right? Not good money, um, <laughs> but I ended up being able to save up like two hundred bucks in the course of a whole summer. <laughs> um, exactly, um, and I uh, I wanted to buy somebody down the street was selling a bass guitar. At least that's what I heard was selling a bass guitar, and I was uh, I was like, I wanted I want to start playing music. I want to get into and kind of yeah. It wasn't conscious. I didn't say it out loud, but part of my like I wanted to do what. I want to do corporate worship. I want to mm-hmm. play these songs. You know, like this yeah. interests me. It's powerful how it affects people. You um, felt the draw to it. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, so I bought it. And right after I bought it, I didn't even get a chance to open it. Like I looked at it when I bought it from the guy. And I didn't know. But it was an electric bass is what he, <laughs> what I had heard. Maybe that's not what he told me, but <laughs> that's yeah. what I heard. Um Right after that, we moved to Indianapolis. My dad had a job, moved around a lot, but mm-hmm. we moved to Indianapolis. Um, it was just me and my dad for the first few weeks. And so I opened this thing up, and it was a, it was a six-string electric guitar. It was, a, it was a, an Epiphone, an, S, an SG Epiphone. Nice. Um, Not a bad place it, to it start. Was actually, it was actually a pretty sweet guitar. I'm <laughs> bummed I sold it, but... <laughs> First real electric guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, well, this is not a bass. <laughs> I knew that. I was like, one, two, three, more four, five. Oh, six of them. Yeah. Um, so my sophomore year of high school, I almost had no friends. I would be lying if I said I had no friends, but I had almost no friends. And I just, every day I got home from school and I just started playing guitar in my room, just chords, just going to town, just mm-hmm. chords. And then theory was fascinating to me. I just started teaching myself theory about books on theory. Like, started learning scales. I was so into it, and 
I thought you could harmonize chords. Like it was, I tried like harmonizing chords and. And this was high school age. About? Sophomore, dude. Sophomore. sophomore year of high school. I was. I just moved, wow. brand new high school. Yeah. Barely knew anybody. In a shitty mood, usually, you know, like uh-huh. is. Yeah. That was that was just how I was, you know. Right. And playing guitar in my room, I was down in the basement, in my own bedroom, down in the basement. And I bought like a hermit. Yeah, and I bought. I remember I got for my birthday. I got some birthday money, and I remember going to buy three CDs. And I bought um, Radiohead's OK Computer. <laughs> there you go. I bought Oasis. What's the story? Morning Glory. And then I bought um, uh, the Wallflowers, uh, bringing down the horses, or whatever it's called. The, Did it have that one, one hit song on? It, the like five hit songs. On oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think you're kind of even leading into what my next question no, was no, going to be. No, absolutely. It's, it's kind of part of the story. So it's yeah. that, and that, that flips some things right there too. Listening to OK Computer is like, oh my, it's what a trip. is this? It's, <laughs> like, it's a trip. I, I've listened you to music before, before, but this is like, yeah, yeah. this is, this is like rock and roll cross with, you know, with, with alien abductions. Like it's, yep. <laughs> it's perfect. It's a know? good way and to explain computers it. on steroids. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's such a great album. Um, so that's that's what got me. That's the beginning stages of what got me into music. Nice. Um, and that was. And I would. I brought in those albums at the tail end of it to be like those albums. That's when I got like hooked into like. Oh yeah. Okay. The worship music I was hearing was good, but once you listen to OK Computer, it's like, oh, there's more technical. Oh, aspects. there's you this can, too. You, you know? can yeah. do stuff that's like way out of this world. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, and there aren't any limits. That Radiohead album is yeah probably in my top eight to ten albums of of all time. It's uh-huh. it's, it's mm. fantastic. Yeah. So my next question was just going to go into. What or who were some of your early inspirations for getting in you getting you into music? And I I think you just hit on yeah. those those early and, records that I mean, you got in high school. Definitely, definitely the Smashing Pumpkins too. I'm I'm a huge Pumpkins there fan. You go. Um, and but I will say, I mean, worship music in general, and and obviously there's people doing great stuff today in worship music, and a lot of good stuff happening. Um, but there's a certain vibe that comes with. I say music, worship music, and I kind of more mean the vibe of worship music. How it's very, it's very emotional and it's distinct, spiritual. Yeah. Um, but it's it's almost. I mean, I whatever. I mean, you could say it's U two inspired. Most great worship music sounds a little mm. bit like U two. Right. Somebody could probably do a better job of like saying, "Well, that's why it sounds like worship music." But um, it always just has a vibe to me, you know, like good worship music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know. That's that's always been a big influence on me too. Mm-hmm. Outside of like I mean, delirious, definitely, what's that? Like delirious, dude. That cutting that edge. Thing. That first yeah. worship. There. I mean, they did you feel a mouse tremble? I mean, they were doing it way before anybody else was doing it. You know. Uh, yeah. I mean that that cutting edge that double album that has like all these. I mean, they were pioneers. I could sing I your think. love forever. I mean yeah. that. And did you feel the mouse tremble? I mean. People today still wish they wrote those songs. Like yeah. they're yeah, that good. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think they were kind of pioneering for their time. There's, oh uh, definitely. I wouldn't doubt it. Um yeah. but yeah, outside of that, um definitely the pumpkins and 
Radiohead, kind of whatever, kind of classic stuff that was popular at the time, Oasis, and I started getting a little more yeah. involved in whatever electronic music down the road, mm-hmm. and Telephone, Tel Aviv, and even early paper out stuff really kind of changed yeah. the way that I approach music to hmm. way more electronic, but um, yeah, Telephone, Tel Aviv, when I heard that first, their first album, Fahrenheit, Fair Enough, if you ever get a chance, it's not on Spotify, which is a bummer, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you should try to track that down. Somebody said they're re-releasing it, which is actually really exciting. But nice. that first, their first, yeah. All of a sudden, it was like guitars. Why? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's we'll get into some extreme, of that a little later. But yeah, yeah. But there is a point where it's like, oh, I can do anything I want. I'm not limited to, to six strings, and that's yeah. It's not that simple, obviously, but right. Um, once you hear some of the potential and the capabilities of bands that are like, okay, they know their instrument is a computer and they know how to play it very well. Yeah. Um, it's inspiring. Like any instrument, mm-hmm. people say that, uh, go on, it's your questions. Yeah, so, I, so I wanted to ask you, so we just kind of hit on some of the things that, that pulled you into it and got you into it, and what drives you to keep going? What what motivates you to keep going with music? What motivates me? Um, I would definitely say that the payoff is a lot of what drives me. Um, mm-hmm. The payoff in the sense of when you finish a song and it's like, that is exactly what I wanted to make, which almost never happens. Yeah. Um, Very rewarding. Status, yeah. It's, it's, you finish it and you're like, you go in your car and you crank it up and you're like, this sounds baller. Yeah. <laughs> like, and <laughs> we did this and I mixed it, you know, like it's, yeah. That's one. That's the yeah. main thing that keeps me going. So and that's I like think an that's, extremely satisfying feeling. Oh, it's right? incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's when you create. I, I can't even imagine like an architect who. Oh yeah, it's the oh, same yeah. concept. It's like you design this building, and then you see the fruits of your labor when it's completely done. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's especially like, when you design an iconic building like the Sears Tower. Or right. Something. No, for sure. Yeah. And I haven't done anything that good yet, but um, I want there. to. And that's the other thing that keeps me going is the drive to, is to is is to put my stamp on the earth you know yeah. what i mean where people are yeah. like yeah no yeah. he did that and it's yeah. it's legit and i think i think every man and maybe every human being i don't know because i've never been a woman but i think every man has a has some of that desire to just put your stamp on the universe yeah. Yeah. in the like sense leaving of like, a legacy. this is my corner i think leaving a legacy is a great way to put it yeah, yeah. heard yeah absolutely yeah for sure right yeah well, we were talking about um, the worship band. That was kind of your first experience and your first project. But what was kind of the second step after that? Where What was your next project? Well, actually, before, I don't know if you're referring to the Avid thing. Yeah. Um, that was the first, like, maybe yeah. recording project okay. that we did where we were, like, it was, like, Pro Tools, like, we tracked it. Yeah. Like, yeah. DJ Field, who was in the band Urbanites, was... Um, he was a powerhouse behind that avid recording, which is mm-hmm. still great to date. I didn't know what I was doing when I mixed it. It's I still like those songs. I know, and it's not Me terrible. Too. Like Me too. the songs are good. I mean, I, the vocals are just my production of the vocals is god awful. But um, who was the vocalist, by the way? It was DJ. I sang on a couple, um, and uh, then Brian Bustos sang on a friend of ours from back back then. Mm-hmm. He wrote one of the songs and did it. Um, yeah, right it was it was a fun project. I learned mm-hmm. a ton about even where I'm 
at today because when you have to do a whole when you've recorded things but you've never done a full length anything and this wasn't a full length it was like six seven songs but yeah then you start a project of that magnitude um <laughs> you have to learn a lot in pro tools to be able to get to the end of a project I like bet. that I bet. Um, so that was that was really good for me and actually a friend of mine who went to full sale um it's a school down in Florida, like yeah. recording school down in Florida. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Who went to full sale? He, uh, Ryan Belstra, he helped. Uh, he helped track that and some of the mixing on it. But it's I've always had the I've always had the ear for mixing. Like I know exactly what I he- what I want to hear. I'm just that's why I'm always afraid to like. Hmm. I have a few friends who have offered to like mix our stuff or do a couple of test tracks for free, and I'm like. I just don't want to let go. I don't yeah. want to let go of it because I know you what want I want to hear. I'm not saying I'm I nailing what I want to hear, but I want it. I know what I want to hear, and I want to have control over it. There'll probably be a day where somebody's like, "Okay, well, totally if you won't let me mix that. it. At least let me uh, show you some things." You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so- uh, you're the first project. I don't even know if that was a real answer. I just kind of yeah. The actual like what other projects? I'll, my point was before that I mm-hmm. was in a band. Okay. Okay. Before that I was in a band that we started writing some stuff that was kind of worship stuff, kind of not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that I started with actually with the guy who um, I was I was working with DJ a lot, and then we kind of parted paths. Like this is before we did Urbanites, but yeah. Um, and then Brian Brian Bustos, who sang on Avid, the one song on Avid, we were working together and we were starting like a duo kind of project it was cool. And then it just and then he moved. He fell in love with a girl and <laughs> moved to Kansas City. It's always how dare he? It's always those damn girls <laughs> that break up the band. It's, right. Um, All those Yoko Onos. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> true. And then and then Steven sucked me into Urbanites. That was that was because I was like. They had just put out their first EP that DJ produced, um, and I was like, "Yeah, man, it's good, you know." But I was like, "I don't, mm. I don't want to be in their band. Like, I don't. <laughs> it's not that good, you know." <laughs> like, he's like, "Dude, we're playing a show at Shuba's. Come to a few rehearsals, play a second electric guitar." Yeah. At this show at Shuba's, I was like, "Shuba's, dude, that's legit. Like, I love Shuba's, you know." Um, sure. That's a cool little he, venue in Chicago for yeah, those yeah. who aren't familiar. Yeah, no, it's it's a legit. It's the coolest under under two hundred fifty person club in Chicago, easily. Wow. Um, but he's uh, he it took him like it took him like three weeks to talk me into it. I told him no like four times, and, and he was like, "Dude, come on, just the one show." I'm like, "All right, fine, I'll do it." That's how it and starts. And after after it all it took was that one show, and after that show, he was like, "Dude, what do you think? You want to stick around?" He's like, "Dude, I'm in." You're <laughs> it was now. that. He's hooked. It was that simple. Yeah. I was like, "I'm in," and then. Then yeah, I mean, eventually we brought DJ into the band, and <laughs> then uh, DJ and Brad left the band, and then uh, then we started the War and Peace. Yeah, so. all right. There's an interesting That's chronology, our, that, yeah. chronology, and that leads to That's the our next question. Kind of, what? Why did you guys start that? What was the? How did that start? And when? When did you start that band? Yeah, yeah. Why did you start the War and the Peace? The War and Peace, yeah. right? Um, well, the option was either Brad and Brad and DJ sat us down and. Um, the bass player and the drummer mm-hmm. in Urbanites sat us down and they were basically like, we're out, you know, we're done. If you guys yeah. want to keep going with the name, like we won't hold you back. So yeah. 
after that conversation, Steve and I are like, uh, um, won't drop any f bombs on your show. Um, Steve and I went and got a beer and uh, we're like, oh, well, now what? You know, like we yeah. just poured countless hours, money, mm-hmm. <laughs> energy, <laughs> sacrifice time at home into this. Like, what are we yeah. gonna do? What's what are we gonna do? And it felt like a lot of things went down the drain, right? It did. It did, but it was, it was pretty amazing. Even in that first conversation, that both him and I were like, "No, we're not going to keep Urban Nights going. That doesn't make any sense at all." Like, neither of us wanted to do that. That wasn't even like, mm-hmm. wasn't even a thought. Like, yeah. and we'd established that band. Like, we'd had, we still have more. Not that this means anything, but we still have more Facebook likes for Urban Nights than we do for the War and Peace. Like. Mm-hmm. We still have like the amount of equity is, that was put into it. Yeah, yeah. We had put time in. We played way more shows than we've ever played at the War and Peace because we were always playing these little one-offs. Um, ton of energy into that band. My wife was, she was pissed when they quit. Like she was, mm. she was like, "Are yeah. you serious? All that work? <laughs> exactly. All the time I spent on with the kids. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> what the hell are those guys? Are you kidding yeah. me? Thinking. Exactly. That was that was yeah. it. But. No, we we just decided it was like no. If we're gonna do something, it's gonna be something completely different, not completely different. Still, see Steven singing yeah. songs and writing songs and singing right. them. Mm. So it's not. But you right. knew that the the identity was gonna change. The identity, it, and it was gonna be we we're gonna have a completely different approach to the band because Urbanites were a good live band. Like we we practiced three four hours twice a week, every week, unless we had shows, you know, um, which happened a lot, but. Great live band. Great live band. We put out... The War and Peace has already put out probably three times as much music as Urbanites has in the course mm. of their whole career, you know? What That's we right. wanted to do yeah. with the War and Peace is do more creating. More creating and less less busy work with the band. Like, And I think we did a good job starting off on the, like, okay... Mm. We're going to spend time creating. We're going to spend time creating. We're going to refine it. We're going to release it. Like, we had so many songs with Urbanites that we could have finished and released and had full length albums instead of EPs. But it was always, we would take forever to refine them. And there's nothing wrong with refining songs, but at some point you have to be like, the song's the song. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just keep on release it forever. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you can refine yeah. something for. Yeah. It infinitely, it doesn't. I'm, I'm hoping to do the same with this the show that we're doing. Is yeah, really focus heavily on the the creating content, and not the creating, yeah. and the yeah, other not stuff. Get caught up in the the smaller and details. And we're at the point right now with yeah. the War and Peace where we are now slightly shifting to like, okay, we got the content thing dialed. Not we're decent at it. We've we know how to finish songs. We know how to work with each other. Mm-hmm. We. Those operate fairly well as a band together when we're creating um and now we're starting to focus now that we have the most important thing dialed in or rolling um now we're actually at the point where it's like okay now let's start working on some of these other peripheries like so we don't have to be pr for ourselves we don't have to be a lawyer for ourselves we don't have to be a manager for ourselves we don't have to be a booking agent for ourselves like we're getting some of the other things rolling so we can so we can have more influence 
without putting a ton of energy into it, like trying to learn the business from ground zero as over here, over here. Um, but the thing that made it, that was one of the reasons why we started the War and Peace yeah. is because Urbanites was this, and we decided with the War and Peace, we wanted to be number one, focused, focused on the art, focused on, focused yeah. on creating. What mm. a wonderful idea. <laughs> I love, I love that truly. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of the art, would you mind if we play some clips? I got some clips loaded yeah, up. Man, that's good. Some, uh, some of your new stuff. Some. This is from uh, your newest EP, Natural Causes, right? Yeah, that's so, it. So the first one I've got loaded up here is uh, it's called You Can't Go Back There Anymore. It's a mm. righteous tune. <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. You're actually going to play it, too. Yeah, for sure. Bring it down here a little bit so we can talk. Cool. So speaking of which, uh, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, is there any particular message or theme that is kind of re- reiterated in the War on Peace? Is there a particular, you know? Right. Um, as far as lyrically and message-wise, that's 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 definitely a better question for for Stephen. But um, yeah. And there is a little bit, but Stephen Stephen does what he wants in the sense of I don't have if there's something that's a red flag to me, message wise or lyric wise, like there's always freedom for me to say something mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. But there never has been and there never will be. <laughs> I'll just tell you that <laughs> yeah. right now. Perfect. Like yeah, I think Stephen he... could do whatever he wants lyrically, vocally. It would have to get pretty obscene for me to for me to raise some red flags. Gotcha. Like I I trust Stephen enough as a person in that regard. In, in that side of the answer to the question, um, yeah, there is, but I won't, I won't speak for Steven as far as that side of the message is concerned. Um, I will say, on the side of it that involves me, which with mainly production and mixing, yeah. um, to date, um, it's pretty much been just me trying to do as well as I can and do the best job I possibly can. It sounds fantastic. And that's turned into, there is some consistency with things, but only because I don't know how to do it a different way or because that's the best way I know how to do it. Right. Um, I like big drums. I like drum sound. Yeah, sounds great in this song. You like the reverb, so do I. I love reverb. I love delay. (laughs) I love ambience. Like, just huge pads, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, it's, that's stuff that I I love and maybe someday I won't love it as much but right now I, I, I can't live without it you know so that's For sure man if there's continuity in songs um, yeah it's it's because that's what I want to hear <laughs> right absolutely so I think you sort of spoke to this a little bit um, but do you feel like any of your views end up getting transposed into these songs so at least production-wise, like you just talked about your preferences that end up in the final product, but um, you said you'd pretty much never have any objections to what Stephen puts out there. So that leads me to believe you guys are kind of on the same page. Is that is that um, a fair assumption? Yes, yes and no. I would say for the most part, yes. Um, he has a for him to for him to be able to believe everything he's singing and everything he's writing. He has to have a certain amount of like 
um, emotional connection to it, and I, yeah. I think that means him finding his own path. I love this moment. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> there it is. We were just working on this last night at rehearsal. Yeah. This Sweet. song. And it's starting to get decent. It's starting to feel good live. Like good. We played it a little show a little while ago, and I was like, okay, that was all right. It didn't sound as powerful. Last night we played it five, six, recording. seven, eight times, and yeah. I was like, okay, no, we're starting to get this. It's Because I'm playing bass now. I don't think we even talked about this. I didn't know that either. No. I'm playing bass now on pretty much everything everything like either synth bass or actual bass like right. on almost all the songs that makes me very know? happy to hear that um it's fun very it's, happy. it's been a it's been a good time no no it, i my views only come through in the sense of steven and i have conversations about mm-hmm. life and marriage and politics and children and god and all music. the cornerstones of life um, <laughs> uh and beer um <laughs> yeah i can't live without we, that one we we have the conversations about it, and then he re- he'll react and write about it. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Come on. Salute. All right. Salute. So that makes a... Uh, so that's... I mean, that's yeah. the answer. I don't... I have... There's been times that he's asked me about lyrics, and I'm like... He really pushes me for an idea. I'm like, well, how about this? And sometimes he's like, no, that's terrible. Or, oh, that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> and that leads him to something else. But yeah. it's it's only well, that's me. good. It, it it's gives only... him something to bounce something off of. And, and that happens so little anymore because that's like his zone. Like, I just don't, I, it's not that I don't care. It's, it's I know that it's handled. Yeah, like, you trust mm-hmm. him with it all. You're yeah. writing the songs and you're writing the lyrics and the yeah. message... The main message is yours. Yeah. You know what my message is? Making this song sound badass and making yep. sure your vocals sound perfect. Like yep. that's that's my job. And you know he's so competent in that realm that you he don't is. you don't ever have to think. I don't twice have to worry it. about it. Like I don't. That's what I love yeah. about the band is everybody has their corners, yeah. and it's like. Um, and the only thing that's caused some some friction, I don't I don't care. This you know. Uh, to lift the you can look behind the curtain for a minute but there's the only friction that's happening right now is between and i say friction but they it's not friction like we had in urban heights this is easy friction perhaps we'll use the term loosely then (laughs) right um because steven's playing guitar a lot more in live and now tracking some guitar on the songs um which i'm enjoying which is great you know um the song waves um off natural causes is probably the most amount of guitar mm-hmm. i've had in a war and peace song in in a while right yeah why don't we play it you mind if i play sure it? play it. Well, let's, let's hit it which and i love this bass so there's like i, I mean it's the main keys it's the main keys line but it's like that's guitar there it's steven playing guitar doing his thing and it's great live that's steven, like, really it's steven I thought you might have tracked that, but no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not touching it. Like he's he was talking about. He bought some new gear, some new guitar gear. Got a new mm-hmm. amp. Like he's more enthused up. to he's, incorporate it. It's because it's working live. Live, it's helping a lot. Um, on the on the songs when we're tracking it, like it's it's more of a it's a little more of a background thought for the mm-hmm. most part to date. Yeah, probably a year and a half from now, we're just gonna 
drop all the keyboards and just make a pure guitar record. <laughs> it's cool. going that direction. I, I like that trend. <laughs> um, but as of right now, like Graham carries a majority of the heavy lifting musically and parts-wise, yeah. right? So because he's of writing the, the synth elements and the keys. The synth elements. element and the keys elements and his brilliance element. Like yep. that's the other side of it. Graham's He's a fantastic musician. He's good. As far as pure musicianship in the band, Graham is head, head and shoulders better than anyone else. Um, he's one of the best piano players, pure piano players yeah. I know. He's um, classically trained, right? Yeah. yeah. And he's a little out of practice and a little as far as pure classical wise, he's a little out of practice. But when it yeah. comes to synth wise, like the things he can play on the keyboard will just blow your mind like I'm struggling over there to hit like mm. a couple like tough <laughs> yeah like simple pad chords you know and he's like and then he he starts playing another part of the other keyboard and you're like nah come on man that's not that's not real it's ridiculous it's just fun you could throw like yeah it it really is so that's the only friction that's happening is Steven who's a great hook writer on guitar and vocally. Yes. Coming into Graham's territory a little bit, where Graham's been carrying all the parts up to date, and now Steven's like, oh, outside of being the lead singer, I'm going to start throwing yeah. some sweet guitar parts in here. Graham's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's claiming some more territory. Come on now. Easy. Graham's Easy. like, I have my flag planted here exactly. already. Stay out of my so territory. So that's, uh, <laughs> I'm like, dude, you guys figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and it's... By figuring it out, Steven's pretty much made himself like he won't he won't limit what he does, but he won't get upset if I cut something. And right. I'll I'll unless it's like everybody's on board that this part's better than that part, I'll take Graham's part over Steven's <laughs> part any day of the week as far as dominance in the mix, you know. Yeah. Um, right. Just because that's how the band has to operate. Everybody has to have their spot, and if you start taking away somebody's spot. You don't Eventually have a band you're not going to be in the band anymore. Mm-hmm. That's true, exactly. So that's it's it's at the end of the day, it's about. And all of us want to have the best song. We all want to serve the song. We all want to. I love that bridge. I know you can't go straight to the bridge, but I love the bridge on that song. I, this is. We could talk about intricacies and parts of songs all day because it we could. nerds me out. But yeah, well, I like going there myself, but. We don't want to bore the listeners too much <laughs> right. with, uh, with those burdens. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think you've... And Nick, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying it, man. I think I think you sort of talked about this, but I would like you to expand on this thought uh, a little bit, if you would. Um, so I was wondering, how is your perspective or your attitude towards the musical projects that you've been a part of changed over the years? Uh, in terms of like desired outcomes so like what you're what you're trying to get towards in the end like where the arc of where you want it to be heading towards in relation to what i've done in the past yeah i'm because i'm I'm sure like your goals and the outcomes that you want to achieve with the war on peace are different than what you wanted in urbanites or prior projects right not really no they're not in the sense of in the sense of end goal yeah well i guess it, it gets a little more refined as you get older and you care less about other things but well then, just what are your yeah, desires? No, absolutely. With the project, I, uh, yeah, I guess that's all it boiled down to me. It's like it yeah. all turns into one answer. Um, I want to make, I want to make music. I don't want to have to. I want to make music for a living and then go home to my family. Like that's that's my goal. Yeah. And I want to be and I want to be satisfied. I don't want to. 
I 80% don't want to compromise on the music I make. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right. Um, uh, that's fine. 15% compromise, eh, 18%, maybe 20% compromise on the music if it's yeah. it's going to mean the paycheck and my family eats and I can still keep making music. I haven't done that math in my head. And honestly, I've never been up against those percentages or had to make that choice to some extent. I've had to make a few choices where it's like, okay, we want to put, uh, they want to take, uh, they're opening up placements for the new Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Do you want to put your song in it? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> Well, what's it going to pay out? You're like uh, like 10 grand a song. I guess we'll throw them a song and see if it hits, you know what I mean? Yeah. Those are conversations we've had and it's like, well, I mean, it's a long shot. It's probably not going to happen anyway, mm-hmm. you know? Are we going to throw it out there and I was like, well, it's not like I don't know. It's an interesting it has changed in the sense of like well, I'm not seeing a ton of money rolling yeah. in making music mm-hmm. but regardless but i believe you, in what we're doing yeah you want to keep your integrity as a creator right you want to keep your integrity as a creator yes but at the same time what does that what does that actually mean if you're not creating or if you're destroying everything in your love else in your life to create um what's what's the benefit of it i right and that's where it comes back to balance right it comes back to balance and it comes back to comes back to money as as lame as it sounds and as arrogant or greedy as it sounds because it's uh, not really about that but it's like well it i want my family to be provided to be for big factor. it does suck but at the same time it forces you to actually actually decide on what is important and what's not important yeah um, that's true i don't know it's helped me refine things uh it's it's helped me decide what i want to do because i haven't compromised on music a lot in my life, and I don't think I've compromised much, even in the War on Peace. But it's great that you're able to say that. I think that's a, <laughs> at the same awesome. time I haven't made a ton of money in music either, so <laughs> maybe there's a problem there. But I don't know. I don't even remember what the question was anymore. But that's just about desired outcomes. Yeah, with your desired outcome. It's it's yeah. well, ultimately, the desired outcome is to put a stamp on the universe. <laughs> yeah, as blowhardy as that sounds. Um, yeah. And you can do that through your children, and you can do that through relationships with people. I mean, it doesn't have to be through music, but yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie that, it, and I think that desire is is healthy and it's good. That in music, I want to put my stamp, yeah, on the world. I want to put my my little stamp on music. It's not going to be the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the Beatles. It's not going to be Led Zeppelin. It's not going to be you two. I know that, but I believe it's going to be good. And I believe it's going to have influence. And I think it's going to be on a grander scale than yeah, what it is now. Absolutely. Like that's, For that's, sure. that's my end goal. My, you know, like I want to, cause I will say, I will say, cause I misspoke earlier. It's not just that I want to make music for a living and go home to my family. I want to have influence beyond the influence I'm having right now. Yeah. Cause I wouldn't be satisfied right now if somebody came in and was like, who's a, a multimillionaire was like, "Yeah, I'm going to pay you 100 grand a year to make music until you're 80. You should have enough money put away by then to to retire, you know? Like not that 100k a year is <laughs> a lot of money anymore, but um It is if you're uh young and single. Right, right. You throw three kids into the mix and, and then all of a sudden it kind of gets but, a little diluted, yeah. So I hear anyway. Um 
that wouldn't be enough. That wouldn't be enough for me. I would still be driving yeah. for something more because I feel like I have I there's something that I have through my music that can help people in some way. And I felt it with the Smashing Pumpkins and I felt it with Radiohead and I felt it with worship music like those things, those bands, those artists help me in some way mm-hmm. become a better person or a more aware person or a less self-righteous person or they changed me and I want to do that for other people. That's yeah. That's, that's basically it. That's yeah. Awesome. I mean, yeah. if you want to boil it all down to yeah. something, and that's those guys, it. they found that magical mix of like making music that they're proud of and passionate about and, uh, providing for their families sure. without a problem. And right. Yeah. Yeah. They found a way to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're just curious. How did you transition from being a guitarist to more of a producer? Like, mm. When did that come? Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I like I like guitar. Um, I've always liked guitar, electric guitar especially because that's the beauty of effects. You can kind of yeah. Oh, yeah, you can kind of start producing your sound. Like mm-hmm. I was already in production as electric guitar player. There you I go. Was, <laughs> I was playing really boring stuff, and then I would put reverb and delay and distortion. <laughs> the whole aspect. Yeah. It just yeah. it just makes it this. You like, found a way you to go take from your this to this. Make right. it sound like. Yeah. It's amazing. A new kind of instrument. Um, that's probably what started me down the path of going towards production. Um, okay. Because it's like with electric guitar, you start getting the right effects and you start getting it dialed in. And you get the right sound. It almost doesn't matter what you're playing <laughs> if you get the right sound. It's incredible. Like, right. But yeah. sometimes it takes a lot of work to get the right sound. And For kick sure. drums, kick drums are one of the hardest things in the world, in my opinion, to nail and... And in production and in mixing, you get that right kick drum, and all of a sudden the whole song is like, hmm. yeah. "Wow, yeah. that's like, where that's the song right. is driven from." Yeah, it's crazy. It is. Yeah. It's insane. Like, you hear a bad kick drum on a song, and it's like you can't even pay attention to the rest of the song. It's like this is awful. Like it's not right. Like it's not good. Yeah. Unless you're listening on your phone or something, and then it's like, oh, that's a decent song. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there was a point. I've always, I've always critiqued mixes. Ever since I was young, I started listening to music. Like I was like, I don't know why. I don't know yeah. why everything. And in churches, like, there's been moments I've had to walk out of. Oh, this sounds super douchey, <laughs> but I've had to walk out of worship services multiple times where I'm just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna explode if I'm in here for another five minutes this mix, like, this like mix is yeah. awful <laughs> i really i mean their hearts might I be do. in the right place but this i'm telling yeah. you right now god doesn't like this mix <laughs> yeah. that's for sure oh, that's yeah. funny and that's he's not yeah, taking credit for that yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's yeah. excellence in the church that's a whole nother podcast but yeah. um yeah i it i've always i've always known what i want to hear and when i hear it i'm like that's it that's it that's not it Mm-hmm. That needs a little tweaking, um, so and I having... and I still have that opinion of my own yeah. stuff. Like I don't think I've arrived with any mix I've ever put out. Like I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that. But um, I don't know how to do any better than the stuff I've done. I'm still learning, but um, I guess that's what brought me to it. Just a desire to 
make something sound really, really good. <laughs> and so, so you've always had that brain that likes to deconstruct what you're hearing. Yeah, and not even in like a like a nerd way or a technical way. Yeah, because the technical side of it, I don't like enjoy purely for the technical aspect right. of it. I enjoy for the sake of implementing it. The technical for the is- moment. Because it's yeah. it's the final moment that right. I'm living for. That's right. Where it's like when you're listening to it, it's the payback. It's like yeah. we nailed yes. that. And unfortunately, sometimes that takes you jumping jumping through technical hoops yes. or learning something that's boring to learn. Um, that but stuff it's is a an means end. to an end. That's what the Absolutely. technical is. Right. The end is that payoff and that feeling that you're going for. Is that moment? Is that yeah. that emotional moment that you get when you listen to? Karma Police, or you when you listen to Zero, or, or where you know, the streets have like, no name, exactly. Yeah. Like it's that it's that moment, and that's what you're that's what you're going after, and that's what I know. It's 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 it might be even as simple as that because it's it's that moment that that changes people or affects people and, or touches them or whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's that it's that moment when all the <laughs> Every, all the parts align perfectly, and the yeah. mix is right, and the songs are right, and the lyrics are right, and it's all hitting. And you're like, yeah. "Yes." It's kind of going back to that, absolutely the satisfaction of an artist. Yeah, yeah. You finish it, you, you look at it and say, "I did." It that. definitely yeah. goes back. Yeah, to that. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, before I get to the next question here, I'm going to roll another clip. Does Great. that sound good? I'll grab another beer. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. So this one comes from the same EP, Natural Causes. All these songs are from. The War on Peace's new EP. You can find it on Spotify and pretty much anywhere else where digital music is sold, right? Right? Um, everywhere. Yep, and everywhere that digital music is found. So that's really convenient. So this one's called I Don't Know, I Don't Know. Ooh, I want to talk about this one. <laughs> yeah. That bass sounds deep. This is off topic, Jeremy, but are you using any real bass in any of these recordings at all? Or just live? No. No real bass on any of these any of the songs on this EP. None. Gotcha. So what I wanted to uh, ask you about is sticking with the topic of uh, production and being a producer. Uh, in your view, how would you define the role of a producer? Uh what are his greatest responsibilities? Uh, any other duties? So, what, yeah, what's the role of, of a producer? Like, what are his greatest responsibilities, and, and how is it different from just being a normal member of the band? Um, serve it's serve the song. Obviously, is the I think that's the role of anybody in the band. Or yeah, as long as you're actually like in a song-based band or not like a uh, an EDM band or whatever or uh, or an ambient electronic band like if you're in a band that actually has songs like somebody's singing in songs like if you're not serving the song you're ruining the song <laughs> um, yeah so a producer's role um, first role would be like everybody else's role in the band is to serve the song and make sure you're yeah. So what do you, what do you mean by that? Serve the song. I would I would say in the producer role, you're trying to find what's the hook, what's the heart and soul of mm-hmm. the lyrics or the vocal take or the drums or the bass or that part or that guitar part or that keyboard part or that synth pad. Yeah. Like, what about it is making the song the song? 
what's what's grabbing you and let's make that shine and make everything else everything else serve it or fit around it in a way where it's not ruined you know um, <laughs> I think that's I think that's the producer's role right on I like that I like that okay so here's another question that kind of gets at uh, sort of your philosophy as as a producer so as a producer, what would you say in your mind uh, are the ingredients of a great song? What makes a great song? It has to sound. It has to sound good with somebody just playing it and singing it on acoustic guitar. Um, okay, so if you strip it down to the bass elements, it's, it's still it good. It still has to be a good song, mm-hmm. and then it has to have. This is just my opinion. It has to it has to have great drum sounds, um, and then it has to have some kind of unique synth or guitar line hook sonic palette mm-hmm. that's like okay that's something you can latch onto and it's like it just gives you ear candy enough to pay attention yeah. to the lyrics and pay attention to the melody. Um, you have to have that in today's music market. You have to have that that almost that extra little thing that's like ooh that's cool. It's either like a sweet drum loop, or it's like some production idea, mm-hmm. or it's a sound, or it's a synth, or right. it's a part that's unique enough that grabs people and holds them. Hook can be broadly defined in that yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, Very broadly defined. But it has to have that 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 nth element of, like, it has to be, it has to have something new and cool that's that yeah. kind of just keeps just you listening long great. enough yeah. so that the person who's singing the song can sing the chorus for you at least once. And if you... Uh-huh. If you're not listening to the second verse after they sing the chorus once, then there's something. Then it doesn't translate on acoustic, acoustic mm-hmm. guitar well enough. Yeah, <laughs> like that's makes sense. That's the bottom line. But, yeah, if the listener loses yeah. interest after right. that, then it seems like you've, you're done. You've right. failed your objective. Right on. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We can start getting a little bit technical <laughs> now if you want. So, Jeremy, <laughs> where did you learn to mix? Because we, we would love to know where where it, it, it has to be asked. Yeah. Where did you learn? Because I these. Didn't. Learn to mix. I didn't. Come on, I am, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm as serious as yeah. I n- only in the sense of, I've just I've just made my own path and heard what I want to hear, and then when I start running into major problems, mm-hmm. I just start looking up things and learning more. <laughs> like, um, I eventually I got to a place where I was I was, I was like, this low end is not right. Like I knew you were supposed to roll off instruments, mm-hmm. but I did not realize <laughs> this took way longer than it should have. But I did not realize that the interweaving between the the bass and the drums, the the bass drum and the bass yeah. guitar, As the kick, kick drum, drum and, and the bass guitar. guitar, how you how those two interplay are going to define your whole low end. Um, <laughs> yep, I would roll off synths and vocals and stuff and start mm-hmm. making room for the the kick and the bass but there was a moment where i was like i was like this is still the low end still muddy and this is like early i'm gonna i'm gonna save myself this is like before we'd actually released anything with the warm piece <laughs> thank god um and there's still some major low end problems in some of those earlier mixes but there's some in the later mixes too but i'm getting better um not enough that's it, it's not glaring don't worry about it yeah thank you um <laughs> the uh you you start learning about how 
the kick and the bass work together. And I read something about like, oh yeah, roll off everything, <laughs> everything under 50 hertz in the bass. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. What? And then I started reading some other people and they're like, I start, I start at 80 hertz. Everything under 80 hertz is rolled off in the bass and I let the kick yeah. carry everything else. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, are people are doing that? And all of a sudden your kick drum's like, whoom. Like you just get rid of it. You're like yeah. 50, 70, your, your kick drum's just, just starts getting bigger and bigger yeah. and you're like yeah. oh <laughs> and then like they're taking up the same space crazy uh-huh. and if you want a little more beef you can somewhere between 80 and 100 you can bump it up a tad yeah and so you're getting more weight in the kick it, it without really, the muddiness of the low yeah. lows that you can't even hear and and that's and that's yeah and that's like <laughs> if somebody tells me yeah cuz it just depends on every what key you're in like we just did a song well, we're in the middle of doing a song because we're working on this new EP. Um, it's called Automated People, which I'm really excited about. Um, Provocative title. I like that. It's, uh, uh, I'm not even going to try to tell you what it's about because Stephen will, Stephen will have my ass if I <laughs> ruin it. But um, it's good. It's, uh, it's the first time that Stephen's, there's a batch of songs that Stephen has written and they're all they're all connected. Like the theme is all connected. Like I like it. That's cool. Every EP to like date concept, has been like uh, album. It really is, and as dumb as that sounds, it's totally a concept album. Oh, there's nothing dumb about and it's a concept amazing. album. Like it's anyway. One of the one of the songs that I'm working on right now. I'm, it's like a, a super like hip hop sounding kick drum, like 808, mm-hmm. like resonance. Like my bass is cut off, like. We're up upwards of a hundred, like, like I have a boost in the bass at like one ten or one twenty or something. Yeah, everything under that's rolled off. Wow, and it's just all eight oh eight, like huge. Like, and the kick is like pitched to the key of D, like the song that it's in. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like very hip hoppy in the sense of like. Mm-hmm. But then the trick was for me to shape the bass to make it sound like there's more low end in the bass without there actually being low in the bass, like, it's crazy. Some of the stuff you can do, like, I've, I've been getting into some of these, like, whatever, some of these, like, like hip-hop kick drum tutorials, you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, well, here's how you work with the kick drum, depending on what key you're in. Some of these guys are geniuses. Like, it's crazy to me how much technicality goes into some of these, like, <laughs> some of these songs. Like, it blows yeah. my mind how smart these guys are, but... It's crazy how much low end you can pretend. You can make their sound like there's low end in it, but there's actually no low end. None of the low lows that you think are in it yeah. aren't actually in it. Um, it's fascinating. So I pretty much just yeah. learned how to mix on trial and error and YouTube videos. Yeah, that's about I was going to yeah. ask if there's any if YouTube videos because that's when I whenever I want to learn something, YouTube's kind of my go to. So it's pretty amazing. And there's a lot. Of, there's a ton of stuff out there. There's sound on sound. There's a ton of. Like just online forums where it's like you just yeah. start. There's so much you can learn. Yeah, it, it's crazy. If Why don't you, we hit another if clip? You spend the way. time and listen. Yeah, go. Yeah, All right. This one's called Coma. Mmm. This one's got good line. I love this one. And a muted guitar. Yeah, that was really cool. Is that Stephen playing that as well? Yeah. It's all Stephen. I don't. <laughs> that surprises me that you never never pick it up for. For the guitar, I did. I did when it was like, oh, there's a hole here. Yeah. Let's try some guitar. 
And I might do that again if there's like a hole somewhere, but it won't be like a guitar part that you hear. It'll be like an ambience noise in the background mm-hmm. that fills in somewhere for something, you know. Um, I it just won't, don't. I just don't care. It won't necessarily stand out to you, but no. But it I just exactly, and I just don't care anymore about like, you know what I want? It's what I said from the beginning. I want to put it in my car. I want to turn it up. I want to sound awesome. And be like, we did. I, that. We did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally, man. I don't. I don't have to play a part on the whole thing. Uh-huh. As long as I like produced it, and that's a. I love producing. I I'm shocked at how much I enjoy, not playing instruments and just arranging, <laughs> producing and mm-hmm. creating the sonic palette and then mixing it. I, it's crazy how much I enjoy it. And I that's why you know what, I almost view it like, a, like a. A coach of a basketball team drawing up the X's and O's. He's not out there on the court playing, but he's analogy. like he's directing. It's, no, it's it's it, that is a decent analogy. It's close, yeah. but it's not perfect in the sense of like it's almost like you're a. Hmm, that's not a good one either. I don't think there's you're a perfect right. analogy. You're, you're right. But I do think a good, it is like that. A, a good producer is like a good coach is to a team. You know, like more so in the in the college game because the, the pros are right, right, so right. independent, but. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say that though on this on this new EP, most of the time our process. I'll talk about our process for a minute, and we don't have to. Yeah, I'd love to go all night, but yeah, yeah. Um, our process to date has been a lot of like Stephen. Stephen will write the song, put down a few loose loose ideas, maybe a couple, maybe a drum, a drum line, a bass guitar and one synth or maybe a second synth to augment it you know um and then most of the time graham will get it and just graham's process is like write like 40 <laughs> different parts and just throw it all on the canvas you know like yeah it's like he just a ton takes of tons stuff. of paint and just it's just it's like it. a ton i'll open the session and it'll just be complete chaos like i'll open it and it'll be like groups of like 10 or 15 cents and then you'll have like 12 of those groups you know what i mean so yeah. just a massive amount wow. of keyboard parts he's like everywhere an, an ideas machine he is and it's crazy like i'll find one buried like way down at the bottom and i'll be like oh my gosh this is it like this is the part that becomes the course like line like that happens all the time where graham's like <laughs> eh, i'm not sold on that one i'll tweak it a little bit switch the sound or put a different sound another sound with it you know and then it's like that's the chorus part no that's genius like that's great yeah um on this new ep i'm maybe not every song but almost every song has come through me first so i can put the vibe down with the with the bass and drums because i do i do the bass and drums on almost every almost every song like a lot of times steven will lay down the the original bass line and then I'll kind of tweak it from there but yeah or even the the beat to get the song going and then I'll adjust it how I see fit you know um hmm. so it's been fun on this new EP like I've been I was like here's what I need to do on this EP for this to be for me to feel like there's continuity and I can I want to put my stamp on the song earlier so that before Graham writes lays down all his parts i've already set the tone with some of my production some of the mm-hmm. drum production you know because that's the the, the direction is already being defined exactly yeah. that's that's the thing that i feel like 
in my end defines the song the most is the drum production like yeah what i do with the drums just because how loud the drums are in our music like mm-hmm. um defines a lot of the feel of what's going on so i like on this ep it's been fun being able to put some of that down before the song gets more developed because mm-hmm. um, it changes the whole vibe of it i feel like graham's reacting to me more mm-hmm. than and that, that was in and the that past. was a change from some of the, the ways you were doing it in the past. It's been more me reacting to Graham and Stephen in a little bit. I like the process of Stephen, Stephen writing, me setting the tone in the sense yeah. of what I feel like the song is going. Graham reacting to that, <clears throat> Stephen coming back around and reacting to that, maybe putting guitar and close to final vocals, and then I do a pass. Stephen lays final vocals, I do final mix. Like gives us, it makes yeah, a little a more change. sense. It's a good sequence. I right. like it. Yeah. So that's uh, that's whatever. Nice. I like the process. Nice. All right. All right. Well, hey, let's let's close it out with this, yeah. and let's see. I, I'm interested to see how quickly you'll have an answer for this one, or if you have to think about right. it. But what song are you most proud of that you've put out? Um, um, whether that be with the War on Peace or your entire career, no, more than def- likely it's with it's the War on Peace. Definitely with the War on yeah, Peace. I thought so. I mean, didn't want to assume, but. Um. I'm just going to look at, uh, I have a couple answers in my head, but I'm going to look at, I'm just going to look on Spotify at our whole catalog a second, just so I don't accidentally miss one. No, absolutely. I'm sorry. This is, I'm probably thinking too hard. This this, is a good problem to have. I have so many out there. I don't know which one's my favorite. No, it's it's (laughs) not like that. It's more just, I don't want to forget about something. I will say, um, I'm really happy with how the chosen turned out. That was, uh, Mm-hmm. It hits. It hits really hard. It sounds good. There's a lot of side chain compression. That's all. There's a there. ton of a side ton. chain, and it did exactly <laughs> what I wanted it to do. Um, I don't regret all the side chain I put on that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it feels like I love side chain. It feels like my belt, my whole belly is being sucked in, <laughs> and you know the air is being sucked out of me I love when it. I hear it. Um, under attack. That mix on Under Attack, it's not even necessarily a song. It's that mix on Under Attack is right. I, I can't do that mix any better, even now, four months, five months away from that mix. The mix on Under Attack is, I'm incredibly proud of. And then You're the Only One, just as a fully like artistic statement. I think that's my yeah. favorite. Yeah, as an artistic I, I statement like and a mix, that is a it's defining a good song for the War on Peace, in my opinion. It's, it's a it's an incredible song. The parts on it are genius. It's it still I, stands out to me as like it's probably my overall favorite. It's like, dude, it is it, a great it's, song. It's like if um, you guys were to, it, it, maybe at some point, finally, I think one day somebody's gonna discover all this, and like that's gonna be the one that mm-hmm. that hits. Yeah, we'll see. You know, yeah. Um, I would, I would love for that to happen, but I yeah. think that's the one. It's a great tune. It's unique. Yeah. It has all the elements. And, and the mix is good. The mix is a bad. It seems to have There's a signature a bit... from, from all the members. Right. Like, really distinct. Absolutely. Like, your mark is on it very distinctly. Stevens and Graham's as well. I mean. It's good. Um, it's a good tune. Yeah. Because um, there's an interlude in there that's just amazing. It's stupid good. It, it just, it, it feels yeah. like you're floating through space. No, those are. Yeah. Yeah. The Chosen, Under Attack, and You're the Only One are probably... You're the Only One for Artistic Statement, Under Attack for for pure mixing. Yeah, the balance. And the Chosen yeah. for production elements, I would say. Yeah. If I could pick three, yeah. Yeah, those, no, no, 
good answers for sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, that's all I, I got. You're going mean, to stump me. I don't uh, think so. I think about this stuff all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Save the hardest question for last. You're, you're ready to give an answer anytime. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I, walk, you... I walked into that blind, people. I didn't yeah. know these questions. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that, that's pretty much all we have. So yeah. if you want to leave peace, the listeners, the war on peace.com. Yeah. And that's and it all stems from there, right? Yeah, and Spotify, the War and Peace, all know, right, everywhere, all those places. And thanks, uh, thanks for having me, guys. And thanks for being on the show. Man. Hey, thanks yeah. for coming. We really appreciate it. Again, Anytime. the the Go on Spotify. You'll find the whole thing. Every Check every last out. drop. Where's this going to be at? Where can people find this? Yeah. So this, this is gonna, This will be out on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, it will. Uh, yeah, so uh, starting there, and uh, okay. we'll be expanding from there. But for for starters, we'll be on iTunes. Cool. Um, so, all right. Cool, cool. Thanks for coming, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All guys. right. Next Thank time. You. See you guys. Do you have a question, a quip, a grievance, a greeting, or anything else otherwise you want to share? Do you want a chance to have it featured on our show? Pick up your phone, and dial our number, or send us an email. Our phone number is nine one six three eight two. 2654. That's 916-382-2654. And our email is everylastdroppodcast at gmail.com. All right. Jeremy Sherry. Thank you, Jeremy. That was fun. Yeah, what a great guest. Yeah, he was. A lot of important information there. A lot of great details. It was so cool to listen to those songs Mm -hmm. and then just hear the guy who, who mixed them. Gems. Mastered them, put them together, wrote them. They're sitting right next to you while you're listening to these high quality tracks. It was really very special. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally agree. Um, straight from the source, you know. It's like uh going straight to the the factory, mm-hmm. if you will, to yeah. talk to the person who made a product that you enjoy using mm-hmm. and asking them what went into it. And that's yeah. what you got from Jeremy. Yeah. So we hope to bring lots of people that are similar to him on this show. People who are, uh, Jeremy has a lot of, um, how can I say it? You know, he, he's, he, you can definitely get into the weeds with him in terms of technical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we don't want to lose people when we start talking about, and he was very aware nerd of that. stuff. He was, yeah. Yeah. He was very conscious of that, mm-hmm. that the, the listeners didn't know the details about, you know, uh, 20 decibels here and, and, the, here right. and so forth. And, and there was a little you. bit of nerd talk in there, but I think he was aware of the fact that, okay, we better not go on too long about this nerd yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, because in the end, it, the nerd stuff doesn't really mean anything. Like it's, it's all about what it does for you in the end. Mm-hmm. And the end result of course is the art that everyone enjoys. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the song that speaks to you that mm-hmm. makes you feel a certain way that, um, y- you know what I mean? So I do. And so I think you did a good job with that. I agree. All right. So like I said, in the last episode, this is our new segment. So if you missed it, we're going to give you a quick, a quick recap on how this works. We're going to talk about our picks, mm-hmm. a pick being a particular piece of art that you're digging this week, that you're into, whether that's an album, a song, a photograph, a painting, a article that you read, or perhaps even another podcast that you listen to, uh, just any artistic expression that you've come across that uh, 
really stuck out to you and you're really, really into for the week. So that's what a pick is. We're going to go to our picks. Why don't you start us off, Nick? Sure. Well, my pick of the week is um, Craftsmanship uh, by a whipmaker by the name of Peter Thorndike. I had the privilege Nick's of, a whipmaker, uh, by the way, guys. So I that's, am. there's a reason why he's choosing that. Yeah. Uh, this guy named Peter Thorndike, he, I was always aware of his work as long as I had been making whips. But to see his craftsmanship in person was just unbelievable. He had a couple uh, whips that I was able to, to see and, and try out. These are $7,000 whips. $7,000. Mm-hmm. And to put it into perspective of how detailed these are, uh, I make whips with 16 strands of leather. This guy uh, has 72 in the whips that I was I was looking at, so... That's Peter unreal. Thorn, yeah, Peter Thorndike's craftsmanship is really something. If you're a whip maker, um, you got to see Peter Thorndike's work. So I had the privilege of, of checking that out. So that was really something. You don't have to be a whip maker to look at that and think that it's well yeah, done, yeah. well crafted. It looks yeah, beautiful. Leather work in general, if you're into any any craftsmanship, any craftsman will... By hand, yeah. Yeah, will appreciate uh, work like this. So that was really something to see that. Really inspiring. Um, so yeah, that's nice, nice. Well, my pick for this week is, uh, since we just had a producer on and we, and we talked some music, I'm going to pick a record. Uh, there is a band out there called Citizens and Saints. Uh, they are a quote unquote Christian band. Uh, they do. So this record is called Amir Dimly. It's their new album released pretty recently within the last few weeks or so uh it is i guess you could call it a record of again quote-unquote worship music but if you know anything about what worship music normally is the thought that just came into your head this isn't it (laughs) this is different um the lead singer his name is zach bolin he just kind of has uh he's got some edge in his voice it's a little raspy it's not like uh, a beautiful, clean, polished voice like, I don't know, who's a, who's a really clean singer out there right now. Uh, I'll just say Bruno Mars or something. Bruno Mars, you know, he's mm-hmm. technically the guy can, he can sing and he can really belt it and stuff. This guy, it's kind of just, it's just got this, I don't know what to say about it other than that there's just, there's some edge and some raspiness and it's in, intense and emotional. Kind of like, uh, you remember John Mark McMillan? Yeah, yeah, I do. That guy's not like a great singer, but he, there's a there's something unique about his voice that like really makes his music. Yeah, there's a lot of, you can tell there's a lot of passion. and Character. And, yeah. You know what I mean? So this guy is kind of the same. Uh, I'd say the same about his lyrics. There's, uh, there's definitely some character mm-hmm. in them. Um, yeah, I just, I really appreciate the record uh, musically, how it's done. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of guitars, there's... Not a lot of fancy modern Modulation production techniques, I guess. Electric drums. I mean, there's, and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's yeah. real drums, okay. Um, that's one. That's one of my pet peeves is <laughs> modern music, like <laughs> yeah, el- electronic drum samples and not having real drums. Like, I get it if like if if all you do is electronic music and that's what your band is, that's fine. But like, it's just ubiquitous now. It's it's everywhere. It's like 
every like even bands that I like um, are are turning into this. So it's kind of a pet peeve of mine, but yeah. So that's mm-hmm. it. Those are the picks. Whips by what's Peter Thorndike. Peter Thorndike. Peter Thorndike. Check out his work. I don't know if he's currently selling whips on a website. Otherwise, I would give him a shout out. But uh, okay. if you Google him, I'm sure it'll take you to his store if he's selling at the time. Sure. So we'll find a link for him um, somewhere on the internet where you can check out mm-hmm. his work. If not to buy, at least to admire. Appreciate and uh, and I'll put the link out there for Amir Dimly by Citizens and Saints. Mm. And all links on this episode will be in the show notes and on our website. Okay? So feel free to, to go check those out. No, no. Feel compelled to go check those Do out. Do it now. Yeah, do it now. <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining us this week, guys. We'll talk to you next time. All right? Later. <laughs>